0: They're brothers, yeah, one's fatter than the other, he is, oh, he finds a rough man, the golf is tough, it's the Bros and Birdies podcast show, one is thinner, yes, I am, older brother ate my dinners, he loves a stat and an overpriced hat, it's the Bros and Birdies podcast show, but we're grinners, we are, A Golf and Picks we bring the winners, so spread the word, let your good
1: friends know, it's the Bros and Birdies podcast
0: Welcome to another episode of Bros and Birdies the Golf Podcast, and in this week's episode we'll be looking back at what happened on the PGA tour over in Bermuda and we'll be previewing this week's tournaments and the European Tour in Portugal. And on the PGA Tour, we're in Mexico for the Mayakoba Classic. But first, as always, it's your 19th hole news. It's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole, it's the 19th hole news. Greg Norman, the shark, is to head up a $200 million Saudi-backed series on the Asian Tour. Controversial to say the least. And the Saudis continue to sportswash their appalling human rights violations... But like many golfers such as Lee Westwood and Dustin Johnson, the money matters above all else it seems. The winds blew in Bermuda on the PGA Tour and it was Australian Lucas Herbert who rode the win the best and secured the title after players such as Danny Lee threw it away with his nonchalant behaviour on the greens which we've seen many times before. On the Challenge Tour, we're in Mallorca for grand final week. 20 full European Tour cards are up for grabs. Players such as Marcel Sim, Mateo Manassero and even Wilco Nainabar take their chance. It's interesting that Wilco Nainabar takes his chance here rather than take it in the Portugal Masters. England's Bronte Law produced a storming finish under the floodlights to win the Dubai Moonlight Classic. The 26-year-old followed a run of four birdies in five holes with a brilliant eagle at the par 5 16th to secure her first ever victory on a
1: ladies' European tour. And that was your 19th
0: hole news.
1: 19th hole, that's the 19th hole, that's the 19th hole news.
0: And as always, well, I say as always. I wasn't here last week, but Big Bro took over, filled in the void, and here he is back alongside each other this week. Hello, mate. How are you?
2: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's not the first time that anyone said I have filled in a void for them. It's, um,
0: but yeah. Yeah. What nice, was that nice guy's to have name? You back. Yeah, I what know, was I the can't guy's
2: name? <laughs> I can't remember. I was drunk. Um, <clears throat> no, it's nice to have you back, bro. Did you have a good time? I
0: good did. Time yeah. I went to the Isle of Fernando. No, I went to the Isle of Anglesey, <laughs> North West Wales. Yeah, it was um Did it was wet? probably Oh mate, inside and outside. It was probably the worst, worst conditions I've experienced. That we rented this house and the neighbour's chimney fell off. It was so bloody windy. Wow. It was um yeah, so we had aspirations to go back up Snowdon and climb and this, that, and the other, but we end up going mountain biking with the boys and all that, but that's, you know, it's a nice, nice break, nice to get away, but I appreciate you um, doing last week. Um, let's, why well, don't we just kick off into a review of last week, a quick one, because we've got two tournaments back on the schedule this week to talk about. Yeah. So uh, let's discuss the Bermuda. It was windy. There were interesting conditions. Quite an interesting tournament, albeit lacking a little bit in depth.
2: Yeah, it certainly was. Well, they stopped play, didn't they, for a little bit on the Sunday on the final round, wasn't it? Yeah, only a short. Stop. Yeah, yeah. A short break. Yeah. The winds were really, really heavy, but yeah, it was. Um, it was interesting. Didn't get to see a lot of it on TV, to be honest with you. There wasn't that much coverage, um, and I know well we did get the coverage on the Sunday afternoon because of the brought forward tea times, which mm. was quite interesting. But yeah, it was. Um, it was one of those tournaments, really, wasn't it? Which, which was, you know, a little bit frustrating. I think, you know, as you put out on Twitter, we had six—all six of our picks made the cut, which was brilliant. And then the weekend came, and it just fell flat again. Unfortunately, I think obviously the weather played a, a bit of a role, but it was nice to see G Mac responding to your tweet. I thought that was quite funny.
0: Yeah, he was on a par train, was he? Do you know? I've never been. <laughs> I sort of I was frustrated because I just think, come on, Graham, just make a few birdies, you know, make the the right move up. Because we saw a lot of people coming back, coming back. I know Patrick Reed made a um, a flurry of birdies and deserved his win in the end. But what a round by Scott Stallings!
2: Oh yeah, was it final round sixty two, wasn't it? Yeah, in those yeah. conditions, it's just oh, no, you know,
0: But he did, he did turn around and say he got a bit, you know, he got a bit lucky. He played the. He played the back nine, which is the harder nine, um, on the track. Yeah, yeah. He played, and he played it, played it in lighter conditions and stuff, so he was able to get a bit of a get a bit of a score go. But interestingly, he turned around and said, "Yeah, you know, a lot of people should make some nice scores coming in because the the 16th is an easy hole today." I'm sure he meant the 17th because that 16th par three, where the wind was howling off the sea. So if you wanted to land it, and just it I think about two at the final. 10, 15 groups landed it on the green. Um You had to start it pretty much in the middle of the ocean for it to come back and, and sit anywhere near that pin position. So for him to say it was quite <laughs> an easy hole, I thought, yeah, you got that hole wrong there, Scott. I think you meant the par 5, 17th. But yeah, it was, do you know what? It was it was crazy was... golf to some extent, wasn't it? It so was, I but I liked it. it. I liked I liked the fact that, you know, we've had a couple of weeks Um obviously we had one over here you know, with Valderrama. And tough tracks and tough tracks being dominated by the weather. Now, we've got a couple of tournaments this week, both by the coast, obviously, um, Villamora, Portugal and the Mayacoba in Mexico. Um, but it looks like it's going to be decent weather for both of them. So um, we should see back to normal flurry of birdies, especially on the PGA Tour.
2: Yeah, I th- I'd certainly on the PGA, um, certainly in Portugal anyway, I'm not too sure about the PGA Tour because actually the the winning scores haven't been, you know, certainly as high as what we've seen over the last few weeks. But uh, we'll get on to that when we do the review of the tournaments. But just to close out last week, I think, you know, you had G-Mac, didn't you? Um, you know, which he came close to a place, but sort of only a couple of shots really off a place, which was... A little bit frustrating, um, and interestingly enough, and, and I showed you this after because I was going to keep it as a secret. But how bloody frustrating was Danny Lee? Um, oh God! Uh, just you know, it was it was a an off the cuff bet after play had just started, and the reason I did it on Danny Lee, and I got a hundred to one on him, was that. I responded to a tweet and someone said, like, you know, first round leader, the first two correct, I'll send you a hat. Something like that. right? And I just responded Danny Lee. And Danny Lee had a, a cracking start to the tournament. He didn't get first round leader, but he played really well. And he had three holes on that back nine on the Sunday and he dropped four shots and he lost by one shot or whatever. It was. Yeah, one shot. Um, but that would have been worth a few quid, really. Into it, pop, was, but
0: a... it was unlucky. He lost four shots in three holes, and then he went and birdied the last three. Was it or the last two? Or it, the, yeah,
2: yeah. It it dropped four like shots. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dropped
0: the bird But he in... has that. Do you remember? 16, do you remember he was on the green when he was in one of the tournaments, and he just—I think he. I think he disqualified himself or whatever it was after he had like a eight or nine puts on on one of the greens. He just couldn't be bothered. Lost the will to live. Now, if you remember, I think it was the thirteenth, maybe Toss, the twelfth. Double, double bogeyed. Double bogey. Yeah, when he when he took his um, he took his hybrid or his is five wood or whatever it From was just off the fringe <laughs> oh, no. Took no time to play at all just went up and hit it knocked it eight feet past and obviously made it made his double bogey there and that that you know got him riled up and we've seen that before with danny lee susceptible to that odd um blow up as is you know aka you know, bloody john rahm or um who else loses their tempo? the tyrell yeah. hatton yeah you know it's one of those moments for Danny Lee, and he's—he got to watch him. You know, you can have your money on, but he can blow up at any time. That you think they'd talent. learn, though.
2: No. Yeah, it's like you know, if they've done that before, they've all got these sports psychologists and stuff. It's like, don't don't go back and do it again. I mean, really, mm. that's what lost him the tournament was the twelfth hole. Really, I mean, it was
0: crazy, absolutely crazy. Anyway, listen, let's not dwell on it. You know, I'm I mean, glad I didn't know about the bet until oh, after, no, after, I after Danny Lee because. I would have, you know, pulled any remaining hair out that I've got. It's, uh,
2: oh, I know what you like. That's that. why I kept it back. But yeah, just, I mean, my my picks: uh, Donald, he ducked out; Hickok, hey! made a, he, he made a right right hiccup of it; and Armour, it, well, it wasn't strong enough to battle off the field, was it? It's like, hey, I love
0: these. <laughs> hey, I love I love there. these punts. I love these punts. <laughs> Who else
2: did you have? I didn't. That was it. What Donald Hickok
0: and Armour. Oh god <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who did I Mac uh G Mac Schwartz and
2: Brendan Woo.
0: Yeah, Brendan is, is it brother Dylan or is it just a coincidence they got the same surname? I have no idea, mate. No I, idea. They called them the um they called them the train brothers, don't they? <laughs> woo woo woo! <laughs> oh jesus christ oh, and that was already. it from this week see you
1: later
0: <laughs> <laughs> right okay so that's the roundup we were close with gmac you had a little sly bet on danny lee he messed it up um and let's just let's move on to this week and um, we've got two good tournaments and I've, I've done a lot of research into both these tournaments and i've been struggling Really struggling to pick out some um, lads, apart from one who I think is an absolute certainty, if there ever is one. But um, let's get on to it. Let's let's get over there straight away. Let's go. I reckon. Should we start? Right? Should we start in? I'll give you a clue. Go on, I'm waiting. Are you waiting? Come on. You waiting? Come on. <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> That's, oh, I oh, thought God, it was no. Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been a uh, man of war. Um, yeah, let's go to El Camilion Golf Club, Mayacoba, Mexico, for the Worldwide Technology Championship. I like it. I like this course. We know a, quite a bit about it because it's been on the circuit for quite a while now. But um, give us some characteristics of this golf course?
2: Well, straight off the bat, it's a strong field this week. It's normally a weakened field, but we've got, um, you know, a few big boys playing out there this week. I think, uh, you know, JT in particular is turning... I think he played his first tournament there last year, obviously liked it. I think there's a... Uh, the resort itself and the complex, I think, is... Deemed to be absolutely exceptional, and you know, the facilities, and that's probably what's dragged a few people in, maybe taking their families there and stuff like that. But yeah, strong field. Um, what do we know about this course? Well, it's a kind of close coastal course, it's kind of where you know, Gulf of Mexico meets the. Caribbean Sea, and it's yeah, it's just. I, I've looked at this, and I know you've done a flyover as well of of the course in your helicopter, and um, yeah, it's just it, it's it seems like a tough course. Par seventy one, uh, just under seven thousand yards, just sub seven thousand, and we've got eleven par fours, we've got four par threes, and three par fives, but. There is an emphasis this week on accuracy without a shadow of a doubt. And if you look back at the last few years of this tournament, and let's go back from last year's where Victor Hovland won 9-under and then Brendan Todd won the year before 6-under, Matt Kuchar 11-under, Patton Kaziah six under and Pat Perez nine under, so it's not a, you know your your normal low scoring event that we've been seeing in recent weeks, and I like that about this week I really do and and I'm looking forward to watching a bit on what is you know certainly a a toughish course. I think you know that there's lots of trees on there, and I think that's probably gonna protect the course from any wind that gets up in this area of the world. Um, the Greens are large and largely deemed to be receptive. They're Paz uh, And there's lots of bunkers around this course. It was a Greg Norman architecture. So Greg Norman in the headlines, as you said, in 19th hole news. Um, yeah, we'll
0: talk a bit about him later. Yeah,
2: we'll talk about a, a bit about that later. But yeah, we, so, so there's a few characteristics of the course. We've got seven of the top 20 world golf ranking players playing here this week, so that's why I, I think it's a stronger than normal uh, field, uh, and a Mexico homecoming for Abraham Anser and Carlos Ortiz. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking the layout of this. That you know, there isn't any rough, but there are lots of out-of-bounds option. I think, you know, if you read some of the the dispatches, it talks about, you know, if you wayward drives, you're in the jungle. Um, There's also a canal that runs through several of the holes on this course. And, you know, that's what gives the course a little bit of protection. So, uh, yeah, there's a few characteristics. In terms of the par fours as well, Craig, I looked at that a bit deeper this week because Mm. par four performance and, more importantly, par four efficiency greater than 450 yards is in my stat angle this week there are five of the 11 par fours that are greater than 450 yards and that for me places an emphasis on that stat there are three of them that are sub 400 and three that are between 400 and 450 so the par fours i think are particularly tough on this course um and yeah i i'm just looking forward to a a good golf tournament with you know some of the strong players in the world turning up this week. Anything else to add to the course characteristics?
0: No, done brilliantly as as always, Graham. With your research, you know. But um, yeah, Paspalum greens, um, sort of comparable. Obviously, Paspalum. We've got them at the Ocean Course in Kiwa, um, the Corrales Golf Course in Dominican Republic. Um, comparable courses, as in strategic and placing. You're looking at Harbour Town and Sawgrass, um, so they've come into my um, reckoning. Having a look at those courses, who's played well there? Who's played well on Pass Ballam greens? Um, yeah, I, I like the course, and what, like you said, when I flew over in my helicopter, um, it was—it's an interesting, interesting course, and I've—I've I've looked at it, and there is more trouble on the right hand side of most of the holes than there is on the left. I think there's a lot more room on the left. So if you're a right-handed golfer, obviously if you're a drawer of the ball and you're naturally, you know, looking for the left side of the fairway, you're gonna be a lot safer than if you are a natural fader of the ball and a gust catches, you know, an, an overfade and what have you and drifts off because there is not much room on the right hand side. There's not there's no rough to stop it. It goes straight into the trees and it's a reload or a drop so when i've been looking at my stats this week i have looked at a few things i've looked at par 3 scoring of 150 yards and under par 3 scoring 150 to 175 yards right there are four par threes they're quite easy par threes these guys so looking at those stat angles I wouldn't put too much emphasis on them because they are easier par threes. Um, Driving accuracy, like you've said, you've got to be straight here, but you've got to put it in the right areas. You know, hence why the likes of Brendan Todd has won around here. You know, used to be. He hasn't. He's not so much. I'm just wondering about Toddy. You know, I'm wondering whether he's got the driving yips that he had a couple of years ago because he got them sorted. You know, he he won a couple of events. Then he just went AWOL and he got help with his um, help with his game. And sort of got it back. And it seems to have gone again. You know, he's gone from the mid-70s percent driving accuracy to 52, 53. That's of quite a
2: late. drop, isn't it? That's quite Yeah, a in a
0: nice. So I'm a little bit worried about his yips. But, you know, they're the sort of people you want fine in the fairways. So I've looked, as well as driving accuracy, I've looked at what golfers tend, to, when they miss the fairway, to find the left rough. Right. So that gives yeah, me you've an gone idea. a bit deeper this week, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I've gone deep, deep undercover. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at that because I want me golfers. If they're going to miss, I would rather than miss. Yeah. Okay. The rough is a bit gnarly, but I'd rather than miss and have a chance than be in the trees on the right. So it's been this. That's why I said before, I've done a lot of research and historically cut lines minus one. It's been that with, worse weather than is forecast this week. So I project the cut is going to be around about minus two, minus three, in my opinion. Um, I think it'll be a slightly easier week this week for the the guys out there, especially for the ones that play Bermuda. This would be like playing indoors. You know, I (laughs) think they (laughs) suffered some terrible weather. So, yeah, so that's what I'm looking at, uh, uh, my Cobra El Cameleon. So it's a great course, looks great. There's a really interesting hole, and I can't remember what hole it is. But I remember watching it in the middle of the fairway. It looks like it's a cave, you know. It's just a deep, deep bunker. It's like, oh, a, yeah, yeah. It's like I... a natural links bunker in the middle of uh, like a pot pot bunker. It's so it's uh, <laughs> you don't want to be. Um... I only remember that because I remember Brooks Koepka, Um There was a, a great shot of him playing over it. He just laid up short of that bunker. So yeah, and it's an interesting course, an interesting event. You not you you, you really you got it. Spot on. I'll get my words out in a minute. Like spot on when you said a lot of these golfers are taking their families over because you look on social media, a lot of them are. For that very reason, like you said, it's a great resort. It's a great area. It's a great time to take the the family on holiday. It's a lovely spot and great facilities. So, yeah, you know, are some there going for a bit of a holiday? Are some actually going to put it in try and win a golf tournament?
2: Well, maybe you're looking at the relax factor as well. I guess if you're there with your family, the facilities are excellent then you should be relaxed. You know, you're playing for mega bucks, millions. Um, you know, they've got everything that they want, haven't they? I know they spend a lot of time in the way from their family. So maybe maybe there's that angle without getting too deep on that. But yeah, it's uh, it'd be interesting this week. I mean, stat angle-wise, I know I said you've gone a little bit deeper than you would normally. And I have two as well this week. I think it. this tournament is worthy of a little bit of a deeper look at the stat angle. And I, I came up with 10 um, statistics that I've really looked at. And then, <laughs> I thought you were going
0: to say 10 picks. No, no. Well, <laughs> thought, what's your name? Ben Coley. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, oh, don't be too harsh on it. No, it's. Uh, I started out with 10 and I whittled it down as we normally do. I think you know that's the process, isn't it? It's kind of, yeah. um, you know, that, that's what we have to do, but yeah, 10 stat angles and kind of really cut that down to six where I'm, I'm really looking a little bit deeper. And those six are driving accuracy, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach, ball striking in particular. The par 4 efficiency greater than 450, as I said earlier on, and overall par 4 performance. I really do think the par 4s are going to be the the differentiator this week for winning this tournament.
0: Oh, the differentiator.
2: Yeah, I love it. Differentiator and
0: phenomenalizing. So sounds like they're characters from a marvel film hey i'm the differentiator yeah right so <laughs> what are we um, should we just jump into it then we've given yeah, you all the go. research we've given you what we think the course is going to play like and how the tournament's going to go so let's jump into the picks and first up to the hockey is big brother bickley oh wicked okay um right let's go for it so first play
2: this week um mm. interesting one this and it's the second time I think he's played here and it's Justin Thomas and now maybe an obvious pick Justin Thomas is the outright favourite for this tournament but he is a world-class performer the risk element for me this week is the concern around his driving accuracy I said it was one of the stat angles he's not you know he's not always been one of your prolific accurate drivers and there is trouble on this golf course as you rightly said certainly so, you know if he's if he's fading it out to the right then he's going to be in trouble a lot but he's got the class i, I think he knows how to play this course first event i think last year tied 12th um but he, he is a top player and strikes a lot of the stats angles for me In particular, if you look back, so if you look at if you look back at 2021 season, so he was ranked number three strokes gained approach, uh, five G.I.R. from the fairway, six birdie or better, seven in par four, par four performance. And 14th in bogey avoidance. I think, again, bogey avoidance is, you know, is a key attribute. I mean, you need to avoid the bogeys to win tournaments for sure. But if you look at that alongside how he started in the 2022 season, he's ticking a lot of those same boxes. So he's ranked one in birdies or better. He's ranked seven G.I.R. from the fairway. 14th strokes gained approach. 20th ball striking. So for me... Justin Thomas is definitely up there. And yeah, he is a worthy favourite. He's short at somewhere between 12, 14 to 1, depends who you're playing with. Um, And in my opinion, he had a substandard 2021. Yeah, he won the players and he had seven top 15 finishes elsewhere in other tournaments. But his tee to green game is normally exemplary without a shadow of a doubt. So that's my rationale for Justin Thomas. And, yeah, I'm going to play him somewhere between 12, 14 to 1.
0: Right. Go and cash your money. Go to the bookies now. <laughs> Give it because I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm all over oh, just right. okay. I'm all over him like a cheap suit. It's For me, he's he's like Reed was last week. And no one really thought about it until after. And everyone went, my God, he's a major winner in that. It was like a major winner playing in a Corn Ferry Tour event. And you, you think about that statement afterwards and you think, man, he really was. Yeah. I know he, I know he didn't, yes, he didn't win, but the place money, when you're looking at a four to one, five to one winner on place alone for one of the best golfers in the world in this sort of event. And he was just consistent through, through four rounds. Um, well, it wasn't consistent through the first round for part of it, but yeah, it really brought it home and, I think Justin Thomas is that same person. Now, yeah, last year, you say tied 12, 14 under he was tied 12. And 50%, he only hit 50% of the fairways last year. 72% greens in regulation. But he was driving the ball. He was averaging about three, sorry, his longest drive was 330. And he was averaging over 300, 302 yards. So, So now, once he's played it, I think he'll he'll rein that in. So I expect that yard averages to be coming down a little bit. I'd say sort of 280, 290. And finding a lot more fairways, knowing that when he gets on the greens, because he found three quarters of them last year, he'll make the putts. Because, you know, to only hit 50% of the fairways and still shoot 14 under over the four days. Unfortunately, on the PGA Tour site, you can't see what his um, strokes game putting was for the tournaments some of the tournaments they don't have it for whatever reason but yeah i think he's great you know i talked about his par three the par three scoring now for hit for par threes between 150 and 175 he's averaging 2.8 this is last season i'm not taking this season's stats because there's not been that many tournaments to go on but he plays um so 2.8 averaging for that range of par threes. Um, he plays Pat Spallum greens really well. You know, TP Saw, uh, TPC Sawgrass, for um, example. He won the players in 21. So loves it. Loves those greens. He was you know tied third in shots gained T to green here last year. And he was tied eighth in the Heritage, which is a course which I said before was comparable because it's a bit of a streak sh- when you've got to place the ball in the right areas. So, yeah, come on. He needs to play. He needs to play par threes a little bit better. He didn't do too well on them last year around here, and he still shot fourteen under. So if that all comes together, he knows the course a bit more after having last year. I think it's a no-brainer. Yes, he's a favorite. He's a favorite for a reason, and I can't not have him. No,
2: I'm definitely with you, and I want to. I just want to correct myself. Is those um, scores under par for Hovland, Todd, Kucha, um I, I must have been reading a different tournament. They, they were totally the wrong scores. I mean, if Hovland was, I think, was twenty under winner last year.
0: Yeah, um, I was going to say Todd, Todd was... the year
2: before. Yeah, no, and uh, say I, I must have been looking off at a different sheet there. But um, yeah, it's you know this is a twenty under, twenty two under winning score the last few years. So yeah, low low scoring as I think it will be in Portugal. So apologies there. I don't know what happened. But yeah, it's um it's interesting. But yeah, I'm de- definitely all over Thomas. I think okay. made a, Justin a Thomas. As well.
0: First pick for both of us. No, oh, there you go, guys. When that happens, they're usually not far away. Right, second pick. I'll go. Um is a massive price. Huge price. I've seen him in places two hundred and fifty to one. Um it's huge. I might play him in the without market, which remind me are oh, without
2: They are without Justin Thomas, Hovland, Anser and
0: Finau. Okay. Well, if you, while I'm talking, if you can get a price up for this guy, it's JJ Spawn. Yeah. Have a look look for me. That'd be great. Now, he played the last round at Bermuda, bogey-free. You know, we were talking about how tough it was. He shot 68 in the last round at Bermuda. Early rounds let him down a little bit. He had three bogeys and one double bogey all tournament in four rounds in tough conditions. Five drop shots in four rounds. That tells me he's striking the ball really, really well. In 2021, his driving accuracy stat, 69%. Bloody good. What do we need here? driving accuracy. He was six in the heritage, a comparable course. He was third here in 2019 um, and he was strong off the tee last year, like I said, the driving accuracy. But it's his left tendency in the rough. So when he does tend to miss a fairway, he tends to miss it on the left-hand side. Um, and his par three scoring, between 115 and 175, he's averaging 2.8, same as Justin Thomas. But interestingly enough, the par 3s that are under 150 150 and under is averaging 2.7 now we know a few of these holes at my cobra Especially the par three, the wind's blowing usually in the same direction coming off the coast, and some of the par threes do actually play less than one fifty. So they're interesting stats for me. For a guy that is two hundred to one plus, he's played well here. He played well last week. Struck the ball well. He drives the ball straight. If he misses, he misses in the last in the right areas, and he's strong on the par threes. It, I, do you know what? It, He's 200 to one for a reason because he's, he's high up in the world golf rankings. But when your stats all fit a course, if he can just get it all going on one day, then I'm not, you know, doesn't have to win for me. Doesn't have to win. You know, I can get at fifth of the odds. You can get a 40 plus one to one winner. You know, four times the odds of Justin Thomas to win just for him being in the top six or seven. So JJ Spawn, 200 plus to one. I don't know what price you found on Paddy Power, but I think so- he's good. He is a hundred to one in the without
2: markets. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, he's only one hundred and twenty-five to one in the full market. So unless somebody's already wow. found what you're talking about and had a little bit of a nibble, um, yeah, a I little bit of a probably, nibble. Yeah, Jesus, that's a big move. Yeah, so a hundred to one in the without market.
0: Okay. Well, there's my second pick, JJ spawn.
2: Okay. Interesting. I know you like a big price. Um. But that that is a big price.
0: Okay, let's go with my second then.
2: So my second play this week is Aaron Wise. Um, He likes it here, without a shadow of a doubt. He was second last year. He was also a tied 10th in 2019. Uh, He's had a good start to 2022. He was a tied 5th at the CJ Cup and a tied 8th at the Shriners. So... That shows me that he's playing well already this season and coupled together with the fact that he likes this course um, and also that he hits, you know, he hit five of the 10 stat angles that I was looking at. And in particular, he's ranked number one in par four performance in 2022 so far, ninth in ball striking and eighth in bogey avoidance. But um, yeah, striking a lot of stat angles. 2021, he was only really kind of, he didn't hit a lot of the stat angles. So it's just the fact that he's started the 2022 season better and he likes it here. I th- he's a little bit short, probably for what he's done, but you can get um, 28 to 1 in the full market, which is quite interesting, um, and 35 to 1 with 365. Interestingly enough, though, he's um, I've got a price here. He's thirty to one actually in the without market, which is quite interesting. So that's without the four players. So we'll have a, a little bit of a, a juggle about with our staking plan this week. Mm. But it's always good to give that with and without um, comparative markets because you know some of the price ranges can be quite different. Uh, they're not so off round wise. But yeah, Aaron Wise second play for me.
0: Okay, good one. I'm just looking at Bet Three Six Five at the moment and through odds checker. and JJ Spawn at two hundred to one, six places wow. quarter quarter of the odds.
2: Paddy's running scared. They knew what you were coming in with.
0: Yeah, so Bet Three Six Five <laughs> might be the way to go for JJ Spawn. So you're looking at quarter. The are looking at fifty to one winner for finishing the top six. Five places over eight places though. That's the, that's the that's the difference, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's um interesting one. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's weird on JJ Spawn that on odds check it, bet 365, are the only one offering odds until you get to Quinn bet, and it's 125 to one. So, yeah, mm. interesting. Yeah, Aaron Wise, second pick. Okay, I like Wise. Yeah, he's um he's turning into a, a very useful golfer. Um, Okay, third pick for me is a guy that I played last week. Um, and I, I wanted to I wanted him to win, not only for the finances, but also so I could write a song and we could be Return of the Mac once again, Return of the Mac. G Mac, Graham McDowell. I'm going for him again. Um played him like I said last last time. Um puts well on Passpellum Greens. He is very much, and I think you'll agree with this, he's a very much a confidence player, is Graham yeah. McDowell really is, you know, he's won a lot of tournaments, a lot of tournaments, and when he gets on a roll, he really does get on a roll, and I loved the fact that he he was he was on the par train on what was a difficult day last Sunday, mm. and he found the birdie, but he was giving himself enough chances, but also he was uh, up and down, he was lethal from six, seven feet on those greens, and you know, we know that he puts well, like I said, on passable and greens, and if his Putter gets hot, right? Good conditions, gives himself enough chances. You know, he's won here on this track, Gray McDowell. When it was the OHL Classic, um, at Mayakoba, he won here. So likes it. He's played well at Heritage. He's won at Heritage. He's played well and won at Corrales Puntacana. All comparable courses. And when I talked about when you miss the greens, right? So far this, sorry, Mr. fairways. So far this season, out of 56 possible fairways to hit, Graham McDowell has only missed one on the right side. Interesting stats. Yeah, excuse me while I cough. Suffering for a bit of a cold, as you are. Um, yeah, so, and the rest of it. So, tendency to miss left. It just, I just feel that GMAC, we haven't seen the end of GMAC, as in, in a winning perspective. I think I think he'll win again, and it's likely that he'll win on a course like this because, like I said, he's won my Cobra, a Harbour Town Links, and Corrales. He, he loves a coastal resort course. There's no doubt about that. He does. Right, yeah. Northern Irish lads, you know, played Portrush quite a bit. It's you know, he doesn't mind that wind. I'm not saying he's going to get the win today, but it's just something about it. And I think, you know, there are in places he's also two hundred to one. He's two hundred to one with Mansion Bet. He's one hundred and fifty to one with Eight Eight Eight. He's one hundred and sixty to one with Betfair. I, Paddy Power, is only one hundred and twenty-five to one with eight places. But and what he's hundred
2: he to one in the without market, which I think is really enticing.
0: You yeah, take those I'd,
2: four big players out. hundred to one's really, really gripping.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd be all over that hundred to one um, in the without market. Absolutely. So yeah, my third pick is G Excellent. like that.
2: I like the fact that you're staying with him. Because you rightly say, he did play well last week in tough conditions. He so really uh, only, only lost by five shots, you know. So, yeah. Go on then, G-Mac. Get in there. Right, here's my third play. Okay. My third play this week is a... Is he Argentinian? I think he is, actually, isn't he? Um, it's Mer. M-E-R- Griot. I can't even get my words out today. It's Griot. Um, Yeah, he was tied 8th in
1: Emma Griot. Uh,
2: Griot. Yeah, it's Griot. He's um, a good price, I think, this week. Tied 8th in 2021. He was 15th here in 2019. He had six top 15 finishes in the 2021 season. And three of those in particular... All came on what we are classing as comparable courses this week. So Harbour Town, uh, which was the RBC Heritage, he had a tied second, uh, which is a really good, you know, that's a good finish at Harbour Town. Love that course. He had a six at the Corales Ponticana and a tied 11th in Puerto Rico. And, you know, he's not. The opposite of Aaron Wise, he's not really started well on the 2022 season, but his stock did rise in the 2021 season, or certainly in, in this calendar year anyway. He started out the uh, in the world golf rankings 156, but he's gone up to 77th. So, you know, that shows you that the guy's been playing some good golf during 2021. He ticks five of the markers for me on the stat angles. Um, in, in particular, and and that's 2021, as I say, he hasn't started well in 22, but if you look back at the 21 stats, he ranked number one, par four performance, five, the fifth in ball striking, seventh in GIR fringe percentage, 12th strokes gained approach and 20th strokes gained off the tee. Now, if I put all of that together and, you know, let's hope he comes back and plays on a... You know, a course where he's he's had good results uh, elsewhere, then I think you know seventy-five to one with three-six-five outright, um, or seventy to one in the full market with paddies, eight places, but in the without market he's forty-five to one. So that's quite a drop, really, um, in terms of the with without market. But yeah, I, I like Greo this week. I, I think he's definitely got the game. He's just got to start showing some consistency. So, What's his name? third
0: play? Grio What's his first name? <laughs>
2: Emiliano. <laughs> <laughs> Emiliano Grio. Come on.
0: It. <laughs> oh, it's late. Yeah, um, Grio. Come on. What's your fourth? Oh, just before you—you you said Emma. Emma. I, I was thinking this uh, actress. Do you hear, um, about that actress that died tonight or got killed? No. Um. Oh, yeah, she got stabbed. Um. You know, especially after all that Alec Baldwin thing. What was her name? She got stuck. Reese. Oh. Help me here. Reese. What's her name? Wotherspoon? With a spoon? No, with a knife. Oh, but... fuck it. You. <laughs> 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 oh, you're
2: such
0: an idiot. Oh, oh sorry. Right. Okay. My fourth pick
1: oh.
0: is. It's
2: the cake, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a week yeah. off and he's being a dick.
0: Decade is that your fourth golfer, along, yeah, yeah. along with M- along <laughs> <laughs> right. with Grio. Right, my, my fourth pick is Brian Stewart. Oh, um <laughs> <laughs> That's just gonna me all yeah. night. Now he's oh. um, puts really well on past ballum greens. Not the same. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> seventy <laughs> three percent driving accuracy stats. Um, like Finish. <laughs> <laughs> God's <laughs> sake. Go on, carry on. 2010, he was second. He's, he's been, so he's been second here, second here, 35th, ninth, and 23rd, right? Um. It's round two at Bermuda, made five birdies and one eagle. So he can make these birdies, can this guy, right? And I think with those stats alone, when he does also miss, he tends to miss on the left-hand side. So... Again, I'm doing it this one quick because there's not much more to say about him, apart from the fact that he's another big price. And I know that you're probably going to hammer me for trying to find these big price um, winners. But he is, I'm trying to look for him now. So his name's Brian Stewart. And what price is he? Where are we? There we go. There he is. So you can get anywhere from 110 to 1 to 150 to 1, um, 150 to 1 with SkyBet. 140 is bet 365. What is he in the market without? Do you know what? I can't
2: bloody find him. Um, Brian Stewart. Um, Don't know. I'll come back to you. Come okay.
0: To okay. You. Well, he's my fourth pick. Um, so, there they are. My four picks. Justin Thomas, JJ Spawn, Mac, and Brian Stewart. He, Stewart's
2: 90 to 1 in the, in the market without. In the market without, yeah. Okay, he's All right. ninety enough. to one. So it's going to be scaled up a little bit, probably around one hundred and twenty-five in the full market. Okay, Brian Stewart. Right, my fourth and final pick for this tournament at the my Cobra is Russell Henley. Now, I really like Russell Henley this week. I I think he's um, yes. It was there was a tournament in twenty twenty-one season. He basically threw it away. Can't remember which one it was now, but he is. He's definitely got the game for this course. Uh, I know he was tied 29th in 2019. I think that's his only like good finish here. but he has had nine top finishes during the 2021 season. you know a tied 13th at the US Open, which was tough at Tory Pines, um, a tied three at the Honda, which you know is in Florida, a tough course. Tied ninth at the RBC, talked about that already. Tied 7th at the Wyndham. So he did have some good finishes and you know he probably should have won during the season. But in the 2022 season, he started off slowly. Tied 21st at the Shriners and a tied 25th at the CJ Cup. But he in the 2022 season so far, he's hitting 6 of the 10 stat angles and 3 of my shortlisted ones. So Driving accuracy, we've talked about. He's number one driving accuracy. So, you know, we know he's a good driver of the ball. Mm. He's also ranked number one strokes gained approach. Now, if you can get his driving accuracy on points, his approach on points, he's ranked one in both of those and tied 11th in par four performance. And he gets that all together this week and he starts putting, which, you know, he should be able to put on these Paz Palum greens.
0: <laughs> it all comes together. <laughs> So, basically, if he drives it well, finds the greens and puts well, he's got a good chance. Of
1: course
2: he has. Come on. Come on. He's got a great chance. Not a good chance. A great chance. But, no. Okay. So, 2022, he's hitting all the markers. Come on. You, you might you might knock it. But like, he's no, I'm not knocking it. I, this
0: week. I just... Every, every week, there seems to be... Yeah, I'm looking at the driving accuracy stats, finding the greens, um, and putting really well. That's the, the goal. For... I haven't
2: mentioned GIR this week, really, in a No, 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 you, no, you haven't. That's
0: phenomenal. <laughs> oh, you had to say it, but I yeah, okay. It. Russell Henley, you played him a few times over the season, um, over the years.
2: Yeah, he's a nice bloke. We, we've had a few rounds together. He's yeah, he's he's decent. It's <laughs> but yeah, I I have played him a few times this season, or
0: since since we started out, anyway. Is he better than my JJ Witherspawn? <sighs> right, <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that rounds it up. So, just run through those four of yours.
2: Right. So, Russell Henley, Grio, Wise, and JT.
0: Okay. Uh, do you know what? There was a couple of um, couple of lads I was going to put in there. One of them was the Mexican Abraham Answer. I'll be your private answer. And you know his driving accuracy stat. Everything fits the bill. Left tendency, driving accuracy stat. But he, do you know what? He doesn't put doesn't put that well on Paschal and Greams. I know he was tied twelfth here last year, but just generally doesn't do well on them. So that's the reason I admitted him. But I've said his name now, so if he wins, I can claim him. Yeah, and you probably will claim him and own him. Oh yeah, own him, little fella. Right. Okay. Well, that rounds up my Coba. Let's let, let's let's split it up a little bit because this course. Um, for the Coba was designed by greg norman now we alluded to it in 19th whole news and you mentioned it briefly before let's just discuss this um this deal that he's now become the um ceo or, or whatever he is of this group that is 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 heading up a 200 million dollar investment into the asian tour yeah. um, and it's you know obviously the surrounding Saudi Arabia, it's there's no, you know, just no, it's out there for everyone to see and witness. And obviously, you've got the um, the recent chopping up of um, gentlemen in the Saudi embassy or whatever it was. Then you've got their violation, you know, women's rights and just a general violation against human rights. Now we know they're pushing into sports, and and you and Murray, not the golf commentator but the Guardian. Um, reporter and journalist was you know he put it well he put it really well he was on josh antnam's um
2: yeah yeah, yeah
0: Ant- podcast and I, I read his article in the guardian and it was all about sports washing how saudi arabia sports washing you know to cover up their human violation is that what they're doing because they are really investing not just in sports but elsewhere it, yeah,
2: I mean, it, it's heavy, isn't it? I mean, look, let's just talk a little bit about it. So, yeah, Greg Norman's the CEO of Live Golf Investments, which is a um, Saudi Arabia-funded entity. And, you know, the, the public investment fund, PIF, the majority investor, uh, the ones that were involved in the Newcastle United takeover, you know, they seem to be splashing it about an awful lot at the moment. And it's, it's not just this, but it all seems to be cha- channeling through this public investment fund. And actually, um, the public investment fund was created back in the early 70s. But it's it's, it's, a, it's a funny setup, isn't it? But, yeah, they are splashing it about at the moment. And it's heavily in sports. Uh, so you mentioned it's $200 million over the next 10 years on the Asian tour and obviously there's there's a bigger fish to fry for them isn't there is you know it is uh, why why would greg norman just get involved just on the asian tour there's got to be a longer term plan to try and get this more global and really take it take it away from you know the the pga tour in the us and stuff which you know hold a lot of the wgc events and you know all the majors and stuff, with the exception of the the Open, um, but yeah, it's it's just huge at the moment. It it really is, and it's you know they've got a big name in Greg Norman. I think he tried this in the nineteen nineties, um, but you know it, it was just it failed, and he's come back. He's now backed. Obviously, he's got money behind it. But it's an interesting point you raise as well, because you know they. This, this PIF and the Public Investment Fund, and in particular in 2020, they invested a lot of money, at minority stakes, albeit for them, um, in major US companies. Boeing, $714 million. Citigroup, $522 million. Facebook, same. Disney, just shy of $500 million. Bank of America, just shy of 500 million dollars bp 828 million it's all over and this was interesting uber 2.7 billion dollars of investments
0: so you know they've invested in disney in disney What, are they going to rename one of the films? Lady and the Trampling? (laughs) (laughs) Or something something like that, I don't know. Is that what they're going to do? I don't know. Well,
2: maybe. Maybe it gives them the rights to do that. But, yeah, that's interesting. interesting comment. Aladdin's caveman attitude. Yeah, one of those. (laughs) those. I don't know. We could go on forever, couldn't we? But, But yeah. Listen, it's not just sport. It's here as well. But, yeah, we're talking about sports. We're talking about golf.
0: It's a big news story. But I just... I know there's so there's a tournament. I, I don't know if it's this week or next week. Um, European tour in there, the Aramco um, sponsored events, ladies, European. So, OK, I can see the it's all well and good putting on this, like they're saying, sports washing it, you know, putting up this facade that everything is everything is fine. But you see, I just would not be comfortable now. Lee Westwood has said, "Look, you know, this time in my career, I've got to go and chase the money." Well, hang on a minute. You know, how much money do you need that you would? You know, he's got a he's got his wife as the caddy. Now, are you gonna? Would she be comfortable going over there and caddying for him, knowing that behind the scenes there are women getting lashed? You know, they're not allowed to drive cars or. or it's, it's it's just a, it's a difficult one. And, you know, again, how much money does one man need? Well, you know, what's Greg Norman? He says he's trying to push the Asian tour. Now, for me, I think the Asian tour is doing quite well on its own, not just the blokes. I think the ladies, you know, is much stronger than the blokes. Um, I don't know. I just, it doesn't sit well with me. And already 10 players have asked the PGA to, you know, for an exemption so they can go over and play in the Saudi tournament. Um, When is it? In February or... I can't oh, remember. What, next year when it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So 10 players have asked to, to have an exemption. Um, you've got to, you've got to ask the PGA tour for an exemption to go over Um, or release. I think it is now. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it just doesn't, doesn't sit right with me Um, ethically. So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one. Yes. They're investing all over the place and in in, in, in property and companies and, and in sports clubs. So, it's one to follow. It's going to be interesting because obviously, with this, you know, with Greg Norman getting behind it and being involved with the Saudi group, then I can see that the Super League is going to show its face again. It's um, interesting, though, isn't it? Money talks,
2: and people just have short memories and decide to go and follow the money. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's yeah. I mean, if you've got, got values, you've got to draw a line somewhere. But you know, Greg Norman is a big name. In the world of golf, you know, it's it's not like he's short of a few pennies, dollars, whatever you want to call it. He's involved in so many golf clubs, architect, designer. Does he need this? It you know that they need a big name. He's he's still big in the game of golf, and they've got it. So it'd be interesting to see how this plays out over the next few years, in particular.
0: It really will, and we'll 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 see we'll see different sides to certain players. Um, coming up and see what the reactions are. You know, all about chasing the money or will there be some guys with morals still out there? Um, we shall see. Any other talking points? Any other talking points? I, I think just probably one while we're
2: on it, actually, which is the, the PGA Tour taking a step towards banning green reading books
1: ah. um,
2: from the 1st of January. Yeah,
0: You've
1: got
2: the, the USGA and the RNA, uh, I think, presenting to the PGA Tour Advisory Board in... I think, later, probably within the next week. Um, and obviously, the, the rule will be to, to go in, uh, from effect 1st of January next year. So, quite a key change, really. And, and I think the, the idea and the purpose behind this is, is to get the players and the caddies back into a position where they're using their skill and judgment. You know, obviously, if you go back over the years in golf, it's like, you know, you go and play yourself. You look at a green... it's your eyes and it's look and feel isn't it do they really need these books that tell them every grain of detail around you know where where the curves are and stuff and what how it's going to bend and so i think they're just trying to get the game back a little bit in terms of like let's get back to skill and judgment and what it used to be and take that away whether it goes forwards i don't know but we'll see that's the other
0: point well i think that you've got to um you've got to look at it from the point that they, they obviously realize now one way of defending the course or probably the only way of defending the course, especially for, with courses with minimal, um, acreage, you know, where they can't extend it and they can't put different holes in is to, is to do something like this is to make the greens harder. You know, Is to stop having such, you know, great information like a thesis on each green to tell these players exactly, you know, what's happening. So, yeah, getting that natural, like you said, that natural feel back and, you know, giving the caddy his job back to a degree during the competition. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really up for it. And, um, yeah, I think it's a good step in the right direction. I think it's definitely I think a so. step I, yeah, I definitely,
2: definitely support it, yeah.
0: Without and talking about caddies and helping caddies, just a little shout out to Paul Casey's caddy, John McLaren, who's um, decided to hang up his bag um, and take a indefinite, um, leave. He's found it. Um, there was a bit today, and also on the podcast where um, you and Murray and Josh Anton were talking about it, was that he's found it really difficult during this whole COVID period um, about dealing with it and you know family issues and and what have you, and being out on tour all the time. And so he's really struggled, um, whether that be uh, physically and mentally um, mm. or one or the other. So yeah, a shout out to John McLaren because you know fantastic caddy. Um, it was what was his nickname, Johnny Long Socks, it was because he's wearing wild cut socks and and what have you, anyway, with various patterns. So yeah, Johnny Long Socks. So um, have a good rest, rest up. I hope you're well. Um, I'm not sure you're going to be listening to this, but if you do by any chance, then um, we doff our cap, long-serving caddier Paul Casey, and we wish him well. Well said. Thank you very much. Right. Okay. Well, let's go to um, let's go to where are we go in Portugal. Yeah. Villamora, Villamora, a place where I've been, lovely part of the world, um, lovely golf courses. And um, tell us a bit about the course.
2: Yeah, so Villa Mora, Victoria course, uh, not too far away from, far, I think 12 miles away from Faro. Um, it's an Arnold Palmer design that was opened in 2004. Uh, this tournament's usually held kind of earlier in the autumn, but not normally as, as late as early November. So I'm not sure that will kind of really have that much of an impact on the, how this tournament plays out. But it's a, a largely flat, um, exposed course with generous fairways. Um, some fairways have been narrowed in recent years. I think they've had to adapt to maybe, you know, the, the real low scoring. And as you do see on a lot of these courses, they, they make the changes to try and kind of um, get the players to figure out new ways of playing the course. But it's a past 71. Roughly about 7,200 yards long. Um, Strong Bermuda grass in the rough and around the greens. And I've certainly heard reports of, you know, the rough being really tough if if you get in it here around this course. So an emphasis on scrambling for me this week. And I'll probably say it again in a minute, but that's one of my stat angles. Uh, The greens are large and undulating, but, you know, very true uh, bent power um, greens. So I, I think, Putting this week uh, is going to be really key. Um, spoken to cousin who's played the course recently, and you know he said putting is a big factor this week. He thinks it's probably going to be the one that decides the tournament. You know who puts best wins. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how some of these players put on these greens. Uh, but water, water on seven holes. Very well bunkered course again. Sand saving scrambling comes in for me on this one. Um, but you know, a course that suits the more aggressive player generally in the past. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see how you know whether any of these players this week are going to be wayward, finding this tough, rough, and um, you know, kind of struggling around this course. But yeah, there's a few things I, I know from reading about this course. Anything from yourself?
0: No, basically the same. Um, obviously. I have actually walked this course, well, walked some of the holes um, when I was over there on holiday. Never got to play it, unfortunately, but I did watch Rude Hollett, Alan Shearer um, tee off off the first. So it was a um, lovely course. Very nice course. It is quite generous off the tee um, from what I remember. And I know there was a report, someone wrote something about when um, Coetzee um or Coetzee or wherever his name is, who won it last year. Talking about it, you know, during COVID times, people were getting away. There was no crowd to trample the, the rough down. But people that were driving it way, way, way left or right were finding it easy and the guys were just missing the fairways because it is quite tangly rough, like you yeah. said. So I, I'm going to say there are going to be crowds back there. Um, you know, there's a lot of, lot of holiday homes out there and people will be out there spending a bit of time in the sun. It's going to be nice weather. It's not going to be too breezy or anything. So they're going to have a nice little bit of suntan and easy golf, I would say. And I think it's going to be quite high scoring. Uh, so you've mentioned your stats. Um, I'm looking at guys that are t- attack those pins, could attack the course. You're not going to get punished too much. So I'm looking at, so the last three years, right, you've, you've said the stats, and I'm looking at some of those stats as well. But um, Katsia, when he won last year. Stephen Brown the year before and Tom Lewis. Tom Lewis actually won twice here, um, won it very early on in his professional career, but he won it last one in 2018. Yeah. But when those, those three won it, they all hit very similar numbers. So they all hit around 51% of the fairways, which shows you you can miss these fairways. They all hit around about 65% Greens and regulation, and they all were around about the 29, 30 puts per round mark right? I know that you've got you've got a few stats on the shots game putting. It's a bit different. Um, so, my picks, I'm taking a little bit of a different angle this this week. My picks are all based on lads this season who have very similar stats to the fairway accuracy, the GIR and the putts that have been won by the three previous victors. Yeah, they're good call-outs, Craig. It's, I, I like that. You know, the fact that
2: We're not always looking at the same things either. We're, you know, we're looking at it from slightly different angles and that's, that can be good for our picks in terms of giving us a bit of variety in the field this week. Yeah. So I like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, just, just to be clear on my stat angles, I called out scrambling already, putting absolutely maximum. Um, I I do think, I, I know, you know, a wayward tee shot isn't going to be too penal this week, but I always like to kind of throw in the driving accuracy. And certainly given that, you know, some of the fairways have been narrowed in recent years, there's probably a little bit more emphasis on that. Um, Rough proximity, GIR, strokes gained approach. And scrambling and putting in particular, the two ones for me that I think are are really going to find the winner this week. And there's there's a few good stats out there this week that you can look at. So you've done some. I've looked a bit deeper on the on the putting, which has kind of helped to firm up my picks this week.
1: No,
0: that's and that's that's fair <laughs> enough, and it's it's going to be. It, you no, know, it's inter- I think there's a lot of value in this tournament this week. I think you know when you're looking at Matt Wallace at sixteen to one favourite. Yeah, Matt Wallace is is a is a class golfer. We get that, but when you're looking at the likes of you know previous winners like George Kutsia, thirty five to one, he's played well around here, and then you look at you look down the line. And you look at some of these golfers, like, you know, you've mentioned to me before, Jack Senior, and there's Julian Gurio who's been playing well, and Sumuya. You know, Cal Sumuya, 100 to 1. He's not my pick, but I'm just saying there is some great value the longer you look down the list. Now, I don't know, is Tom Lewis playing this week? No, I've not seen him in the lineup. No. Which I couldn't find him either, which I thought was, was remarkable, the fact that he's not playing at a course he's won twice at. Just, I don't know whether you know he might not be well. I'm not sure, but if he is, then get well soon. But you know, when you win it, a course twice, you, you expect him to turn up and um, come and play well. Anyway, that's enough about that. It's in Portugal. Let's get on to the picks.
2: Excellent. Let's do it. And before we do that as well, I just interesting the the market this week. And I know we've been sort of talking Paddy Power recently, but that there, there is a market this week without six players. The, the, those Yeah, is six. This? Play, yes, the, the six players that they've taken out in the without market are Minwoo Lee, Richard Bland, Matt Wallace, who very surprisingly for me is favourite. I mean, Minwoo Lee is the highest ranked player in the official world golf rankings in this field this week. He's ranked 58th in the world, highest ranked player. And yet Matt Wallace is half the price of him, you know. What's he done here? So <laughs> Matt Wallace is 12 to one in the normal market. But yeah, so Mimro Lee, Bland, Wallace, Peters, Cantor, and Beef, Andrew Johnson. Yeah. Six players in the without market. And oh, I'm all over that market. Uh, it's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, you, you talked about George Curtzia, who's one here. He's thirty five mm. to one in the outright market. He's twenty five to one without those six players. Oh, that's criminal. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's maybe a bit of a steal, but crikey. I mean, Paddy's really I mean. taking a massive gamble here.
0: Stealing is criminal.
2: Yeah, it is. In most people's <laughs> eyes.
0: <laughs> Let's steal. Right. Well, do you know what? Well, I want to hear the prices for my guys in, um, in that without market because I am i can't not play that market. So, yeah, happy days. Right, go first, Graham. Off you go. First pick.
2: OK, right. So my first pick this week is uh, a player I've played a few times in recent months. Um, he, he's failed me in the times that I've picked him, but he did win at the course we played not so long ago uh, at the London Club. And it's Callum Hill. Now, Callum Hill. All oh, right. OK, um, that could be interesting, that reaction. But Callum Hill is a golfer i, I absolutely think is going places and i say i know he won on the 2020 uh, the the Kazu classic but his 2021 stats are quite striking for me he's he's second in birdie performance eighth scrambling fifth bogey avoidance you put the you know those three together and you you keep on playing at that standard, you're going to have a good chance. He's seventh strokes gained total, and inside the top 20 in four other, the stat angles that I've looked at this week. In 2021, he had seven top 20s, which included three top 10s, and obviously one, as I said, at the Kazoo Classic. But he ranked really well in putting last year. I know he only played two rounds, he missed the cut, but in those two rounds... um, he was—he was pretty much um, the same performance as George here but obviously it was other areas of the game that let him down. But given that he has come through and won on the twenty-one season, he's had that breakthrough win. Um, he's certainly playing some good golf. I think he's a decent price. He's twenty-five to one in the without market and forty to one with all those six players. Um, so you know. You've got to make a judgment call as to, you know, do you take the gamble with the whole field or do you just take six of them out and you think of those six, how many of them are actually going to perform? Um, You know, that's what you've got to try and um, decipher, isn't it? So 25 to one without, 40 to one full
0: market, Callum Hill, first play. Like it. Well, he's my first play also. Okay, interesting. uh, I'm not going to expand too much because I've told you that, all my golfers are based on the figures of the three previous winners, so that's the that's the model I'm going for for this week for the European Tour. So I'm with you, Callum Hill. Wicked. All right, your second. My second is I've got a five in this European market, so my second is Adrian Els. Um, you love playing him, don't you? You just love you know, it. Yeah, I, I keep on promising myself I, I, I wouldn't, but in, I'm sorry, but in this market, you've just told me, in the without market, um, what is he? What's the price?
2: Uh, Adrian now is 22 to 1 in the without market.
0: Oh, God. well, double that up with Justin Thomas, because he's a certainty, and bish-bash-bosh, you got over 200 to 1 double. Happy days. See you later. Boy from nowhere. I think it's all over. It is now. Right. So, yeah, he's my he's my second pick because Callum Hill was my first. Adri Arnaus. Like it. Like it. Well, one of these days he's got a drop for
2: you. It's, will it be this week? Don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. Right. My second pick then this week. Um, I'm going to play with last year's winner, George Katsia I think he is someone that gets this golf course. We've heard from a couple of people and I've read in the dispatches, putting performance is paramount here. His putting performance last year in winning um, was, was top-notch, okay? So, yeah, he, he's he's just really fits this golf course really well. And he hasn't done anything much the rest of the 2021 season in particular. But, you know, if I look at his putting stats in particular, he was ranked three strokes game putting overall right fourth strokes in putting per green in regulation and ranked number three in one putts that was during his win last year so you know ranking highly in all of those putting factors that's what won in the tournament in my opinion all right um so he's also played well here other years tied 14th 2019 tied 20th 2018 so every year he's played He's got better. It tells me he's figured out the course and how to play it and how to play it to his strengths. All right. He's he's not kind of knocked down all those trees. His low round here is a 65. He's had three 66s in those three years I've looked at specifically, you know, in those high finishes. Um, so, you know, he's not a 62 or a 63 er he's, you know, he's steady as you go, but he's getting it done. All right. In 2021 stats, he's ranked 10th overall whole season in strokes game putting. Tells me he can put well. And three, sand saves. And, I th- you know, there is a fair bit of sand around this course that, you know, if he's off on his shots, he's going to have to use that aspect of his game as well. So not really had a decent 2021 or, you know, he had a 11th at Abu Dhabi and a tied 24th that opened the Spania. Not strikingly obvious as a pick, but it's the course form. And at twenty-five to one, without those six players, for someone that's won here before and a good course form, I think it's a cracking price.
0: Yeah, I like it, like it a lot. Good pick, very good pick. Well done. Um, You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. My my son just came and he went, Dad, can you explain to me what a solar eclipse is? I said, No, son. (laughs) Right. (laughs) My next, um, my next pick is a guy who can hit it a long, long way. Long, long way. Um, and you know what? He played he played really, really well in the Mallorca Open. Um, was it last week? Yeah, last week. No, a couple of weeks ago, sorry. A couple of weeks ago. Tied 26, shot 67, final round. Um, I think he'll have more freedom off the tee than that course. Um, when he played Portugal in September, Forty-fourth, shot a couple of rounds. Last round really let him down for a really good finish. I just think this course will set up for him well. I think he'll be able to unleash the driver, and he'll give himself enough chances. And his putting game's not bad at all, at all. So if he gives himself chances, he will score well. It's Louis de Jager, the South African. What price is he in that no in that market without? God,
2: you just throw me the name and then expect me to know. I'll have to have a look through it. It's a Louis De Jager. He's got the moves, hasn't he? Um, he's got the moves, like Jager. Yeah, I like what he did there. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I can be funny sometimes. Um, I, I'll come back to you on that one. Let's carry oh, on talking.
0: Yeah, let's carry on talking. Well, go to go to your next pick. That was my third pick. Oh, I can't find Louis De Jager in the
2: uh, in the market actually. It's, uh... Oh, I don't see he's pulled out. Don't know. I'll keep on having a look in a minute. Right. Okay. My next pick then let's, let's come back to it in a minute. It's one of the Hoyguard twins
1: mm.
2: and I'll, I'll leave it for you a minute, but he's had a strong 2021. He won at the Amiga European masters tied third at the Kazoo classic. That was won by Callum Hill. He's had four of the top twenties in the season And he's ticking, you know, a number of the boxes on the stat angle for me. I think he's a cracking up and coming talent. I think they both are. I think there's a big call as to, you know, are they going to be on the next Ryder Cup team? I think they only will be if they continue to press forward and keep on winning. But I'm playing Rasmus Huigard this week. He's 40 to 1 in the full market and 20 to 1 in the market without the six players and i i think he's got the game to obliterate this course i really do
1: okay no Rasmus
0: but, well you you're, you're going to find this interesting go on because i'm going for his brother
2: <laughs> you're not
0: yeah uh. so be- between brothers we're going for the brothers um yeah nikolai Hoggard. um he hit it a long way i think he's i think he's a better golfer than his brother now i think he's um I, th- I really think he is. I know that's a bold statement. I know Rasmus has come over to the PGA Tour and played a few tournaments and and tried that out. Which is, I'd like to, I'd like to broach that subject a bit later on about European Tour and PGA Tour. We'll finish off the podcast with that little chat. But Nikolai Hoggard, um, yeah, he's ear to it a long way. We know that, but he has a great up and down game. I think he's got a better up and down game than his brother, to be honest with you, and. I think he's, he's a good... But I don't know what price he is again. 45. In, 45 to 1. In the without market? In the
2: without market. He's 45 to 1. Yeah.
0: Okay. Have you found Louis De Jager yet? No. I don't think he's playing, bro. Well, he's on the European tour site. playing. playing. Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway. So we'll, is. We'll...
0: 45 to 1, your man. Okay. And have you got another one? Or are you just going four?
2: Um, no, I have got i um, oh, I've given you Hill could uh, see and Hoygaard, haven't I? I haven't given you my thaw- fourth oh, one yet. Yeah, yeah, but so so this is kind of, I, I'm still, I'm in an r with this one, really. So my fourth play is Richard Bland, which is interesting. OK, so I, I like the fact that he's had a great season. He's had his breakthrough win. The, the thing that puts me off is his form here has been mediocre. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but that was before he had his breakthrough win tied 20th in 2018 tied 27th 2020 but his 2021 form not just the win but to supplement the win has been absolutely top-notch seven top tens and obviously he's had a break for a week and a bit you know a couple of weeks maybe um he had that tiring period i think you know where he kind of he just fell out run out of a bit of gas and I think he could come back and play this course really well. But the dilemma is, do I play him in that full market at 33 to one? Yeah. Or do I play him in the market or or do I just cut him out and drop him and play someone like Jack Senior in the without market that I can get 45 to one on? You know, Jack Senior likes this part of the world. He had a tied 8th in Gran Canaria. I know it's not in Spain, it's in Portugal, but tied 6th open to Spania, 7th Mallorca, different types of courses. But he putted well here last year when he had a tied 14th. So that's the dilemma, is I want to play Richard Bland, But if we decide to go in the without market, I'm going to switch Jack Senior in. So it's kind of, I'm going to make a light decision on that one, but I think I've given you know the listeners and anybody that wants that informed choice a couple of options there.
0: OK, no, that's fair enough. And I think you're right. i looked on the European Tour website. Louis De Jäger is, is, they say he's playing, but he hasn't got a tee time and yeah. he's not got a price, which suggests that he is pulled out. So I'm going to replace Louis De Jäger with Andy Sullivan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Andy I'm going Sullivan. We're, we're, I thought we were going to stay well away from Mr. Sullivan. No, week, no, no. He does have a liking
0: for this course. He likes um, Portugal. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm there for him. There's what price here. is he in the, in the without market? 35s. Oh, sorry, that's just too... That's too good. Yeah. That's too good. If, if this is a on-the-mark sully and he needs to finish this year off with a, a good tournament... Cause he he has to the get best back into years.
2: that top 100, doesn't
0: he? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, we... Yeah, I think 35 to 1 in that without market, without those players there... I think it's a it's an easier tournament, much easier tournament. So you brought
2: him off the bench.
0: I brought he's him go and win. Yes, I'm hoping. We shall so. see. Okay, Andy Sullivan, and he's your final play, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Wicked. So my so my five plays are Callum Hill, like yours, Andy Sullivan, um, Nikolai Hoggard, and Arnous. Have I given you? I did. I give you Nicholas. Lemke. No, you played no. Hill. Hill. Hill Hoy-Guard. Sully. Sully. Hoy-Guard on else. Yeah, sorry, my fifth is Lemke. Okay. Lemke. Okay, so sorry, apologise to all the listeners out there. It's a bit of a mismatch, this one, but my notes are all over the place. And we've been thrown by the Louis the Jager withdrawal. Um, story of our lives. Right. Like I said before, 50% 51% fairway, away, 65%. G.I.R. 29 putts. Nicholas Lemke fits that bill, and he's played well of late. He hasn't played Recently, great. he has,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: he's played all right, and he's been finding the birdies. I think if he's still in that form from a few weeks ago, I think he'll be hitting a lot of birdies. But what price is he in that without market?
2: Oh, cool. God, I'm going to be scrolling all the way down here, aren't I? He's, no, uh... I don't think
0: you're going to go too far, mate. I don't think you're going to go too far.
2: Okay, Uh, it's interesting you play, I mean, you, you've stuck by him a little bit, haven't you? It's 100 to 1. 100 okay. to 1. In the without market? In the without
0: market, yeah. Jesus, Mary, hail Mary, little wee donkey. Um, Yeah, well, wow, okay. That's, that's That rounds that up then. And just to be clear, it's five places,
2: quarter of the odds in the without market of those six players. I, I, just, yeah. I still can't fathom why you'd put up a market with without six players i mean
0: i know these are popular markets now aren't they that they just seem to be coming in all over the place i know just gives I... you
2: a different look doesn't it i suppose i mean you know for any one of those six that could win and actually uh, i think Min minwoo lee probably will have a big week this week i think he's you know highest ranked player in the world there this week playing some really good golf um so is his sister you know it's kind of yeah so any one of those six could easily win it. You take them out of the equation and you've got a little bit of value.
0: Oh, mate, I'm looking forward to what we decide. This is a conversation, obviously, before we put everything on social media. And you'll be able to see our picks on um, on Twitter, Instagram um, later on, once we've decided what we're actually going to do. Um, do you know what? I just want to, before we, before we finish off and we talk about um, something else, I just had this conversation with this guy while I was on holiday the other day. Right. I was debating the flat earth. I was so I was having a discussion with this flat earth here, and he got so mad, right, that he stormed off saying that he would walk to the edge of the earth just to prove me wrong. Oh, he'll come around eventually, but uh, <laughs> right. So, what we're we gonna do, you know, what I wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about, and I did put it as a question to Josh Atnam for his podcast, but they didn't use it because it wasn't a the subject they were, which is unfortunate, but maybe they'll use it again in the future now. I've got a huge problem with the European tour. Um, it's fast becoming, in my opinion only, I don't know if you agree, it's fast becoming a, a feeder tour for the PGA, which is, which is worrying. And It's worrying, but also could possibly have a beneficial factor. Now, it's worrying because obviously we're losing all the top players and they only come back for a few tournaments during the year and the money's big over in the PGA tour, blah, Money blah, talks. blah money talks, like we were talking about with Saudi before. But also, it's a a hell of an opportunity. Hell of an opportunity to to bring young lads through to give them the opportunity on tour. And, you know, places are available and there's a lot more um, sponsors exemptions and what have you. We saw that with um, a few young amateurs coming to play in a few of the tours um, this year. Now, there are 20 players who will get their tour card from the Challenge Tour Grand Final this week. Um, You know, looking at players like Matteo Manassero. Now, I'm just, I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried that the European Tour is just going to become a glorified challenge tour, basically. What's your opinion?
2: Interesting. Well, I I know you, you feel probably more strongly than I do on this one. I do think, you know, I think there is more money coming into the European Tour. I think they've got to do that to kind of stave off this problem um it's typified isn't it by tom lewis and as i say don't know what his circumstances are but he certainly played a lot more on the pga tour in the last year and a half couple of years hasn't he you know a lot of these guys that are coming up as well don't forget they've played a lot of their collegiate golf over in america so they've got ties to america sam horsfield is english but he talks like an american you know there's loads of that at the moment but and so there there's the links um but yeah, it, it's an interesting one in terms of how it will play out. I don't think it's a massive problem right now. But I, I'm, your opinion and view around you know, giving some of these youngsters this opportunity to get spots in these fields on these European tour events um, is something that's probably more about now than it has been in the last few years. And I think that's a great opportunity for them. Mm. I think when when we played the other week with Simon at the London Golf Club, he was talking about this young lad, Robin Williams, that he knows, um, you know, and, and connected to him and stuff. And, you know, he's a, a young up-and-coming golfer who's played a number of tour events. You've probably seen him, um, you know, in, in the box when they've been talking on Sky Sports Golf. And, and he, he gets a bit of airtime and stuff. But, you know, people like him and other good, you know, there's going to be some good sort of 15 16 year olds 17 year olds that are coming up going to be able to get spaces on the european tour and showcase their talent so i I think there are pros and cons bro around this and it's not all doom and gloom um but yeah I, i i understand your views on it
0: no i no i hope you're right um i just it's just a bit i feel for the european tour in a way you know all the big names not um not coming over to play a lot of the tournaments, but like we said before, you know, it's, it is all about the money anyway. Um, we, we better crack on really. Cause I know I'm doing an online course, um, at the moment. And my professors accused me of plagiarizing his words, not mine. Um, so <laughs> we're, we're going to have to get on. So next week, what do we got next week? Um, we have got the Dubai championship next week Back
2: in sunny middle east Yeah, sunny
0: middle east and then over on the pga we have got the houston open houston we might Cooling. have a problem um yeah so that's that's it guys this week we really hope you enjoyed this week's podcast and uh, bros and birdies the golf podcast we have had our picks. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram for our confirmed picks and what markets we are going to play. We hope you enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it, bro? Yeah, certainly did. Yeah. Good, good talking points this week.
2: Not yeah, just really about,
0: good. you know, course
2: reviews and picks, a little bit more kind of topic of conversation. Um, and, you know, I think we should bring that more to uh, our listeners and our viewers. Yeah.
0: Oh, perfect. Yeah, th- yeah, let's do that. The more and more, and we get some more guests on, and we'll have a bit more in-depth in, in discussions about golf in general. So, yeah, loved it, enjoyed it. We're going to leave you, seeing as Big Bro is deciding to pick Richard Bland, we're going to leave you with a song that we did earlier in the year, Richard Bland, following his breakthrough success on the European tour. So we hope you enjoy the song. If you haven't heard it before, well, there's a surprise for you. But if you've heard it before, enjoy it again. And until next week, we'll see you. Ta da!
1: He's Richard Bland, he's the man, finally one on tour. I play who win, a mighty grin no Q school anymore, everywhere people thought he would never win, that 18th hole, that monster part, and you stuck it in. Bland, you're a champion on Sunday Hey, Bland, you're a champion finally Don't worry if you start to cry Tim bloody dead You've dreamt of this for oh so long since you were a kid It was all meant to be You knew it from the start For attempts Fate has played its part Hey, Bland, you're a champion On Sunday. Hey, Bland, you're a champion finally. You did it, Richard. Richard Bland, the newest tour champion. off our cap. Well done.